I've decided this morning it's time to wrap up perspective. Um, we've been talking about perspective for several weeks. We've been looking at perspective and, and looking at the Word and, and how based upon the Word of God, sometimes my perspective needs to be changed. That oftentimes I'm looking through the lens of myself, my life, my experiences, and I need change. And so we've looked at the Word, we've looked at opportunities, whether it's limitations or service or value or forgiveness. I mean, all these things, basically through the lens of the Word of God, to see what God's Word had to say for us. So I just want to wrap um, this up probably with a challenge, and it really builds on uh, Megan in the middle of all this was able to preach for me what Megan had preached that Sunday, just taking it from a different perspective. Um, anyway, my, my, my introduction to perspective, um, last week I was relatively good at keeping quiet my 40th birthday, uh, so we didn't talk about that too much. I've, I've worked through that. I'm emotionally able to share that now. Um, now. But anyway, I was thinking back in perspective. Uh, college, it was a much longer time ago than I once realized. Almost 20 years ago, I sat in a class in college. And, and I had the same professor for a, a few courses. Um, and his name was Dr. Palmer um, at Evangel University. And I recall sitting in his class, and I believe the class was called Technology and Happiness and it wasn't about how iPhones will make you happy. It was about the effect of technology on uh, just genuine happiness in life. And anyway, it, it was a philosophy class in the biblical studies department. Anyway, none of that really matters. Um, but I was in this guy's class. He was the department chair of biblical studies for uh, the university. And so he was a, a good teacher. He was a smart man. Um, and I'm in his class. And you want to know what I remember from technology and happiness? It's not the book. It, it really took me a while to remember even what class I was talking about. Okay? I was in this guy's class, and it had to be somewhere uh, halfway through the semester. One of my friends pointed out something to me. Talk about perspective. This is what I remembered 20 years later from technology and happiness class. He said, have you ever noticed Dr. Palmer when he talks? He always licks his lips like this. I'd never noticed it. But you know what the second half of technology and happiness class was all about? I mean, I could not sit in class. I would engage in class and he'd lick his lips and then I didn't know what to do. I mean, that's all it came about. Like, all I could focus upon was the stinking... I don't even remember what friend told me this. But all I know is at some point, someone changed my perspective. And what could have been a valuable class became a sermon illustration 20 years later about what I did not learn. Because he licked his lips. Perspective. This might blow some of your minds. In my, in, on my computer, I was preparing for my sermon and I knew there was a story I wanted to share and I remembered preaching it. It was August 23rd, 2009, I preached it in this sanctuary. Uh, the first time we ever were here. The first time we had visited Crawford, Nebraska and thought, wow, we need some perspective. Um, <laughs> there was a sermon I preached that, that I really feel like is a, is a great place to come back to. It's a story in Scripture. It's a great place for us to come back to uh, as we wrap up our understanding of perspective. Because we can talk about perspective and, and we can get excited about perspective, but I believe that God's going to use us to change perspective. 
You know, I mean, it's one thing to have our perspective changed. It's a whole other idea. My, my whole sermon this morning, I call it perspective changers. I want us to be the agents of change when it comes to perspective. I want us to be the ones that God is using when it comes to, to sharing with others about perspective. And I know at times when we, when we hear this, we think perspective change. We go outside of the church and we think about it's, it's everybody who doesn't know Jesus that need a change in perspective. But let me tell you, I serve as a presbyter now. And I know that there's people in the church that need a perspective change as well. And every one of us, you, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to share some giants in Scripture. I'm going to talk about Megan this morning and her goal to be a perspective changer. But the reality is, is that every one of us has an opportunity to change perspective. That God might use you to change someone's perspective. But we have to be willing. I want to look at some stories in Scripture. The story that, that I started in, and this was in 2009, something about this message obviously has carried through who I am as a pastor. It's in the book of Second Kings. There was a prophet. His name was Elisha. There was an evil king uh, that, that, that wanted to attack the Israelites, and he kept coming up with plans of ways to attack the Israelites. But by golly, God would speak to Elijah. Elisha. You know what Elisha would do when he would hear of the king's plans? He would tell the Israelites. So they would move. Well, what king likes it when his plans don't work? So the king became very upset because Elisha, he was convinced someone was speaking to Elisha, that that there was a, a traitor amongst him or whatever else. And so what was he going to do? He was going to take care of Elisha. And he set out to kill Elisha, the prophet, because he was ruining his plans. And so in 2 Kings chapter 6, we see that, that they, meaning the, then, then he, meaning the king, he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. He went by night and surrounded the city. This is where Elisha and his servant were. When the servant, the man of God, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. What happened? The servant went out and he realized whose army this was. And he realized why they were there. So Elisha's the prophet. You know, you might think men of God are really strong, but we're probably physically weak many times. You know what I mean? He's the prophet. What's he got to do? He reads books all day. Or he's praying all day. I don't know. He's the prophet of God. It's him and his servant And they're surrounded by an army. So he walks out, and what does he see? Everything that is there. What does he do? I bet he starts to imagine. What does he imagine? That spear that he sees in that man's hand going through his chest. This is not going to end good. The servant of God is is captivated. He says... Oh no, my Lord, what are we going to do? (laughs) This is bad. This is not looking good for us. I might not be a smart man, but there's thousands of them and two of us. What are we going to do? And what Elisha does is brings perspective. 
Verse 16, he says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Perspective. I mean, the response. Now, you ever get frustrated with someone when you're going through a circumstance and they're like, hey, this is all fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and you're like, well, don't you see what's going on? <laughs> and you're all worked up and they're like even keel. Your spouse probably has happened with them. They're going down a situation and they're like acting like nothing's going on. And, and you feel like the world's falling or the vice versa. They feel like the world's falling and everything is okay. That's Elisha and his servant. I mean, the servant says, this is awful. What are we going to do? And then Elisha's response is, don't be afraid. Oh, that's easy to say. Are you serious right now? There's men who want to kill us. Their objective from their king, the orders they're following are to kill us, to bring our bodies back before him dead. And your word to me is don't be afraid. And then he says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What in the world are you talking about, man of God? You're not man of math, you're man of God, because I can see who's with us. It's you and I. I can see how many are there. Man of God, there are not as many with us. You might think I'm strong, you might think I'm great, but I can assure you, There's more that are there than are with us. And the prophet's saying, don't you see? Don't be afraid. We're okay. And then he says, and he prays, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Perspective. The prophet takes the man of God, the servant of God, the guy who is serving him, and by his words, by speaking the truth, by by what he does, he changes perspective. Because this person's eyes, they were open, right? I mean, he saw the armies. He saw the enemy. But he needed to see what God was doing. He needed to see who God was. Was He needed to understand all that God had done to put them in this place. He needed to to have a picture of the, the confidence that was in the prophet Elisha so he could live with that same assurance. The prophet prayed, opened his eyes. He said, it says in, 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 that, that he prayed, open his eyes, Lord. So that he may see. This morning, my desire is that as a church, our prayers can become open his eyes so that he can see. How many people, how many circumstances, how many situations can you think of where people are living by defined by their circumstance or their reality? 
They're so consumed with the details, with the enemies, with the problems, that they can't see what their God is already doing. The armies were there when Elisha prayed. Do you hear that? It wasn't like, poof, Elisha prayed and then the armies of God came. Elisha's prayer wasn't, God, send your army to spare us. Elisha's prayer was, God, open my servant's eyes so he can see what you've already done. How many times do we or others we know in the church, out of the church, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, whoever it might be, do we live blinded and need simple perspective? Just need someone to speak, need someone to pray. I gotta guess. This is Pastor Steve's interpretation. I do this sometimes. I got to guess that if Elisha didn't pray, the servant doesn't see. I'm not going to say God doesn't deliver. I'm not going to say that, that, that the battle isn't won. I'm just going to say if Elijah, if Elisha hasn't prayed, then does the servant ever see? And how much perspective have I missed? How many armies have won battles that I've never been aware of? How many times has the Alpha and Omega, think about this, the beginning and the end, the one who spoke everything into existence, the God who says, I am, the God who sent his son to die for us, the God who created all that we know, the omnipotent, um, omnipresent God. How many times has he moved in my life and I've missed it completely because I didn't have perspective? How many times... Have you seen him working in someone's life? How many times have you seen the armies that are coming to rally victory in someone's life and you just need to communicate? You just need to help them see. I mean, I'm telling you, the kid in my college class didn't have to have this big theological debate of how do I change Steve's perspective right now. All we had to do was open his mouth and point something out and my perspective changed. You know, we're called to be witnesses of the gospel and we think sometimes and we get ourselves so wrapped up with the, with the process, with the how, with the, this is going to be challenging, with the I'm not smart enough, I don't know if I'll do it right. When sometimes God just needs us to say something. He needs us to point something. He needs us to show something in a simple word. I bet could be wrong. Whoever it was that was talking to me in, in college, I bet they don't even remember the conversation. They have no clue of what was said that caused me to still remember. The only thing I can remember from that class is an old man licking his lips. Perspective changers. Moses. The whole Israelite community. This is in, in Exodus chapter 17. The whole community sent out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place. As the Lord commanded, they camped at Rephidim 
But there was no water for the people to drink, so they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to your test? But the people were thirsty for water there. They grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt and make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and, uh, and go. And I will stand before you by the rock at Oreb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? How many times do people need perspective about whether the Lord's among us or not. Moses' job, Moses was a pastor. <laughs> he dealt with God's people and, and, and continually doubting what God was doing, right? I mean, they watched him. They, they were delivered. They were set free. They were hungry, so they complained. They were thirsty, so they were complained. They were tired, so they complained. They were lost, so they complained. I mean, that's what they did. They saw God do incredible, miraculous things. But, but what did they constantly need to be reminded of? Moses called that place where he struck the rock. He called it saying, uh, everyone will remember, is the Lord among us or not? Talk about perspective. Okay, what he's saying is we're going to leave this place and I bet you you guys are going to question this again. We're going to go down the road. We're going to walk a little bit. You're going to get tired. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get upset. Someone might come and you're going to be saying, where, oh God, are you? Where, oh God, where is God in all of this? And you're going to need to remember, is the Lord God among us or not? Is he with us or not? Talk about a, a good question. Talk about a perspective changer. Not in a mean way. Someone in life, a friend, uh, a, a, a co-laborer in the kingdom of God, whoever it might be, they're wrestling with something and you just say to them, hey, is God with us or not? And they start to wrestle with, well, I don't know. And then you can point to those rocks. Those places where we saw God bring water from a rock. Where we saw God bring manna and quail. Where we saw Him part red seas or whatever else. Sometimes we need to remind people of who God is. He will be called Emmanuel. He's told them time and time again, I will never leave you or forsake you. But so many times we become blinded by our circumstance or our needs or our enemies that we forget where God truly is. I was at a, at a seminar uh, this weekend um, by our superintendent was putting on talking about the kingdom of God, the same stuff we did in Sunday school class. Do you know where God says the kingdom is? He said, I place my kingdom within you. Well, well, let me ask you a question. If he's placed his kingdom in you, can he be away from you? Can he not be, let's see, how do I want to say that? 
Can he not be among you? I don't know if that's the right way of saying it or not. Can he be apart from you if he's placed his very kingdom inside of you? Then why, believer, do we wrestle with God? Where are you at? Why do we wrestle with God? Are you here? Do you hear me? Do you understand? Why do we struggle with these things? The truth, the word, the promise of God. I will not leave you or forsake you. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. I have placed my very kingdom inside of you. He calls us a temple of the very spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is living inside of those who believe. How much power is in the spirit of God? Then why are we living powerless? Maybe we need perspective. I think back to a sermon illustration I used a, a long time ago about a, 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 it was I could use Trevor as an example. I can't use him anymore. A little freshman boy was about five foot six and weighed about seventy nine pounds, being bullied by, you know, the big football quarterback that's six five, weighs two sixty, and he can lift three Volkswagens at the same time. And how all of a sudden perspective can change based upon who's behind him. I talked in that analogy, I talked about the kid being bullied and all of a sudden uh, someone coming up behind him who was the offensive lineman who actually weighed 340 was six foot seven, and could, could squat the quarterback and the Volkswagens at the same time. And how because of, of who was with him suddenly... The little pipsqueak boy that didn't ever want to say anything could chime his mouth now because he knew someone had his back. Sometimes we need to be reminded of who's got our back. We need to be reminded God called us a temple of the Holy Spirit. The very power of God. The very, the very power of God He's placed inside of us. I can do all things. Scripture says through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything. It doesn't matter the mountain that I'm facing. It doesn't matter what I'm looking at. Sometimes we just need to help people understand what's available to them. My other, I'm going back. This is like an an old go-back, throwback service or whatever. I remember another uh, metaphor or or story I used about a a guy that was on on an island and, and he was stranded on an island and he was hungry and he couldn't kill the animals. He tried to trap them. He couldn't trap them. He tried to do this and he couldn't do this and whatever else, and this thing came up on the shore and it was this nice piece of wood with a, with a round thing at the end and it had these little things that went inside of it, but he didn't know what it really did. And so he's chasing animals with this nice piece of good with this round piece of metal that comes out and they always run too fast, but he had a gun in his hand the whole time, but he never knew how to use it and he died of hunger. How much is available to us that we forget? That we, we don't even realize what we're using. You know this. Others need to realize this. Perspective. Sometimes perspective change isn't easy. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called him in the vision and said, Ananias, yes, Lord. He answered, the Lord said, uh, go to the house of Judas on straight street, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man in all the harms he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument 
to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to the kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house. He entered it. He placed his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Talk about perspective. Talk about being a perspective changer. Saul persecuted the church. Saul, Saul, Saul was, was one who was, was set to kill Christians. That's who he was, a zealot. Immediately, it says something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. I want to tell you, people need perspective. Megan shared a sermon, and I'm going to get away from my notes now just a little bit. Megan's sermon that she shared in the middle of our perspective series was the call to be light and salt in this earth. That's called perspective changers. We've heard the call to be witnesses. We've talked about the idea of being light. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend what those things mean. Simply put, God needs us to change perspective. There are some in this world that don't understand His love. They've never experienced the love of God. They live, they live controlled by their sin. Defined by what they, their brokenness. What do they need? They need perspective. Who's going to give it? If we're called to be salt and light, it's us. There's a scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians, and it talks about that, that we who with veiled faces, we, or with unveiled faces, we contemplate the glory of God. But there are some with veils on their faces. These are people who, who cannot see. These are people who know about God's love, but they can't see because they're bound by the veil, which is the law of Moses in, in, the, in the church of Corinth, but they don't know. People need perspective. God has called us. He's called you. He's called me to be a perspective changer. It may be a simple comment. It may be a, a moment in time. It may be an encouragement. Elisha, what did he do? He recognized the problem. He saw the trouble. He knew what God had done. He knew that God was there. He knew that God had made a way. He knew that God was providing. And so then he just prayed. He simply spoke the truth to the one that was with him. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. He prayed. The guy opens it up and, and he speaks the truth. The numbers are, are greater for us than them. And God revealed. Maybe you just need to speak the truth. What's the word said about the truth? <laughs> that seems like the ultimate perspective changer. Huh. God might have figured this out. You speak the truth and the truth will set people free. Megan, you can come up here. Talk about perspective changers. Just stand right up in the front. People can get around you in a second. Megan's been called to be a missionary. Walt mentioned this is her last Sunday for a while here in our church. She's going to do what? Megan's going to Thailand because it's got cool beaches, right? It does, I hear. 
think it's going to Thailand because it sounds fun. If you're going to Thailand because it's a good thing to put on a resume, Megan's going to Thailand because she wants to change perspective. She's going, to, she's going to Thailand because God's going to give her the truth and she'll speak the truth and it will set people free. She'll point out what God has provided. She'll point out what God has been doing. She'll point out what God has already orchestrated for lives. And eyes will be opened because of the truth and the power of God that He's placed upon her. Amen? I want to pray for our perspective changer. And I'm going somewhere else. But I'm going to ask that, that we can surround Megan and pray for her this morning because sometimes changing perspective can be tiring. So if you guys can come forward as a church. This is awesome. This is exciting. We're sending out. Don't be afraid to put your hands on Megan. Let her know you love her. (laughs) Father, we thank you for perspective change. We thank you, God, for the, the opportunity to be used by the Almighty. I pray for Megan's eyes. God, that as she goes to Thailand, she sees all that you're doing. I pray her eyes would be open to what God has been doing, to what you were even orchestrating this moment for, for something, for fruit that would come when she's there. God, I pray for her words, that she could speak the truth in love, and that as she speaks the truth, perspective will change. I pray for visions and dreams. I pray, God, that she sees things spiritually, that she has eyes to understand. God, I pray that you would go before her and come behind her. Lord, I pray for every need that she might have, that she would see the provision of the Almighty. God, I pray for protection from any attempt of the enemy, that that enemy that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. I bind him in the name of Jesus Christ from her and her team. I look forward, God, to the victorious reports that we will be receiving about all that you've been doing, all that you're accomplishing through a perspective changer. Anoint and set apart. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, just just stay where you're at just a second, because it's easy to look at Paul. It's easy to look at Elisha. It's even easy to look at Megan and say, hey, there's a perspective changer. But the Word of God says that we're all to be perspective changers. Yes, there are some who are called to go. There are some who are, who are called to preach. I get that. But we're all called to change perspective.
God is going to use your words. He's going to use your life. God wants to use your understanding. He wants to use your eyes. He wants to use use what you know to change perspective in lives of those that are around you. But we have to say yes. God, use me. God, I'm willing to speak the truth in love. God, I want people to to be set free from fear. I want blind eyes to be opened. I want hearts to be transformed. I want people to know the fullness of your love who have been deceived for a lifetime because you're using me. So just like we prayed for Megan, I want to pray for each other. So I know we're kind of in a bubble right now or blob. That's all right. Put your arm on someone close to you and let's pray together. God, use us. Well, will you put your hand on Carol and Dwayne there? Because they're kind of... There we go. David, why don't you come up here? Because it's every one of us. Father, we come to you this day in the name of Jesus Christ, understanding who you are, understanding what you are doing, understanding every promise that you've made. And God, I thank you that you've called me. You've called each of us to be perspective changers. And God, this morning we say we will. Use us. I pray you use our words, you use our hearts, you use our prayers, you use our willingness, the vessel who we are, the one that you've created, the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus, that we would be perspective changers in our communities. I thank you, God, for the reports. I thank you for the victories. I thank you for the understanding that's coming in Crawford, Nebraska, in our church with one another, wherever it might be, in Shadron or, or Dawes County, Harrison. God, all that you're doing because we're willing to be used by you to change perspective, to speak the truth in love, to pray and trust and watch what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. Amen.